Welcome to another podcast with City Edge Church. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you. Thanks, church. You can be seated. Thank you, Matt. So good. Well, this is our second anointing service today, and uh, it was so awesome this morning, church, uh, to just anoint and pray for all of our staff, uh, our CLC trainers for City Edge Leadership College, which actually launches this week. Get up for all our new interns this year. Give them a clap right now. All our new interns, so good. Looking forward to what God's going to do. Also, we anointed our committee of management uh, for the church and our life group leaders. And I've uh, got a, over 30, uh, 31 life groups in the life of the church. Our goal this year is to see 40 life groups by the end of the year. That's what we're believing God for. And uh, it's just so great to see uh, all of our staff leaders uh, anointed with oil this morning for the roles this year and what God's going to do through us as a church. And uh, we were able to pray for everybody. And uh, we just want to let you know, if you weren't here this morning and this is your service today, uh, we're going to pray and anoint people with oil at the end of the service uh, tonight, which is great. And uh, I just love that when we start a year, it's so important the, the things that come first in our lives. You know, at Christmas time, uh, Kate and I, my wife Kate and I, we bought uh, our boys, our two boys, a, uh, an electric scooter. And you'll see a picture on the screen up there. And uh, yeah, there's the lads. Yeah, yeah, I got to tell you, I, I, I've been running behind them while they're on this scooter. I just didn't realize that they just go super fast. And uh, I think I've recorded my fastest minutes per kilometer uh, trying to catch up to these boys. And, uh, and one thing is that uh, Riley, uh, the younger of the two, uh, you know, this is their first ride on the scooters. And uh, what happened was is that he thought that flat out and stop are the only two speeds. Yeah, they're the only two speeds at all. So uh, every time he's riding, he's like flat stick. And I'm like, slow down, Riley, slow down. And I'm like trying to catch up to these boys as they're off in the distance. And, uh, but every single corner, he doesn't w- realize yet, but you can't actually slow down to hit a corner. Uh, he just thought that every corner was just flat out. And so he'd hit these corners and, you know, he would go flying and the scooter would hit the ground and he would just fly and hit the deck and uh, a little bit of bark off here and there. But, um, you know, he's learning how to ride. And I've just been saying to him, I said, buddy, I said, you got to stay with me, mate. you got to stay with me as we ride. And, uh, and just on Friday, I went for a ride around uh, Sugarbag Road, and there's lots of hills there. And we're heading, you know, down this hill. And he's like, we're staying together, Dad, aren't we? I said, yes, we are. You know, <laughs> trying to keep up. And, uh, and, and you know, and I said, you, you good? You good, buddy? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And just, bam, just takes off, just hits the deck, slides on the ground, and he gets back up. And I said, bud. What do, you, what do you know? He says, he says I've got to stay with you. I said, yes, you do. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's such a message in this is that when we go throughout our year, it's so important to run with God at His rhythm and at His pace. You know, because sometimes we want to ride ahead of God. We want to go ahead of Him. And sometimes God is just walking or running at a little bit of a slower pace. And other times God is moving faster than we want Him to. He's moving at a quicker pace, and he's saying, hey, you've got to keep up. You've got to walk with me, or you've got to run with me. And, uh, but for everybody, we've just got to know, what is God saying? What is his will? And how do we position ourselves at the start of the year? And you know, our anointing service today 
It's really coming around the understanding is what, what, what is God's timing for our lives? What is the breakthrough that we're believing for? And you know, I love the fact that when we anoint people with oil today, uh, there's three major things we're anointing for amongst many others, but these are the ones we're focused on. The number one is this, is we're believing for healing for the sick. James 5.14 is about if anyone is sick among you, let them come to the elders who will anoint you with oil and pray for healing of the sick. The second one is breaking of bondages. We want to believe for bondages. That's addictions and bondages of the past and things that just, where the devil tries to hold people down. God wants to break and sever those bondages of people's lives so we can walk free. How many know that he who the Son, Jesus, has set free is free indeed? So we want to anoint to break bondages. And you'll find that in Isaiah 10, 27, which says the anointing breaks every yoke. And uh, the third thing is to release into purpose. Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. All those things are things we're anointed for. And God wants to anoint people to be released into purpose. And, uh, and they're those three things that we're focused on tonight. As you come tonight, if you weren't prayed for this morning, I want you to come with faith and expectancy that God is going to move supernaturally in your lives tonight as our team pray with you tonight, which is great. But let's dive into the Word. And, uh, you know, this, this message tonight is out of John chapter 11. And, uh, and I want to talk about the story of Jesus and Lazarus, of Martha and Mary, his sisters as well. And, uh, and, the, and the story goes out of John 11, talks about how Jesus is ministering in another town, and Lazarus, who's one of, one of his best friends, actually is sick, so sick that he's dying. And, uh, and so what happens is, is that Martha and Mary send a messenger to Jesus so that he gets this message that says this to Jesus. It says, Lord, behold. He whom you love is sick. He whom you love is sick. And so the message wasn't, Jesus, there's some guy in town. It's kind of a bit sick. And when you next come around, can you just kind of pop into Bethany where we live? Just pray for him and see if he's okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't this, this message. It was just see how it goes. It was like, Jesus, you need to come now. You need to drop whatever you're doing. I know what you're doing is important. I know you're ministering. I know you're healing the sick. But it's Lazarus. It's your friend. He's dying. He's going to die. He's only got, he's maybe got a day left. You've got to come. And so who thinks that this is a pretty important message? And so we see here that, that Jesus gets this message and you think that he would drop everything. You think that if it was his best friend or one of his closest friends, that he would drop what he was doing and come to heal Lazarus. But when you read the scripture, it actually says that he stays two days more where he was. Kind of doesn't drop anything. He keeps on going and doing what he was doing and kind of takes the slow road back to Bethany. Now, in that time, Lazarus actually passes away. He dies. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus kind of ups and says to his disciples, all right, we've got to head back, boys. They're like, why's that? He said, because Lazarus is asleep. And we're going to go wake him up. And they're like, okay. If he's asleep, it's probably good. If he's sick, you know, have a rest, all that stuff. He says, come on, boys. Read between the lines. Lazarus has passed away. He's died. 
And I want to go back to show you, and this has all happened so that you would know my power and you would know the power of God. And the thing that we, I want to share tonight, and the first point is this, is that God, breakthrough is about God's timing. Breakthrough is always about God's timing. Have you ever noticed that sometimes our timing and God's timing doesn't line up? Sometimes our timing is like, God, you need to move right now. Like Martha, you need to get here. You need to be on scene. You need to move in your miracle power. We need you right now. And sometimes God can feel like it's a little bit delayed can feel like, are you hearing my prayers? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we can think, man, what is going on right now? And so with this, with this story, we can see sometimes that sometimes it's not always good to wait. Who likes waiting here? There's no hands going up. I thought there would be one, but there's none. Because most of us, we don't like waiting. We live in a society that kind of likes things pretty quick, don't we? We like things to move a bit faster and we like things to happen when we're kind of, when most things should happen. You know, uh, there was a, a little while ago, I was uh, going through a drive through and, uh, and wanting to get a coffee. Who likes coffee? Come on, we got some coffee drinkers here. Come on, come on. It's not just coffee, you got to have good coffee, okay? Good beans, good coffee. And, uh, and so I made this, you went through the drive-thru, yes, I'd like a, uh, you know, flat white, this, that, and whatever, and uh, drove through, and, uh, and as I'm sitting there waiting, there's no one else in the drive-thru, nobody's around, and uh, I'm just waiting for my coffee, and it's like five minutes go by, I look inside, and there's not much going on, there's no, not many customers in there at all, and, uh, and, and so I'm still waiting, and it's like, man, seven, eight minutes, I'm like, I think they've forgotten about my, my coffee. And I'm like, man, I'm in a hurry. I've got to get somewhere. And, uh, you know, I gave the courtesy toot. He's got a car here. You know, the, the courtesy toot? It's really, you know, offensive. You go, man, like that. But if you give a courtesy like, toot, like that, that's like, I'm here. <laughs> Just letting you know that I'm around. I'm here. Maybe you forgot me. And, uh, and I give the courtesy toot. And I'm still waiting. And I'm looking. I'm looking in there. And uh, out of nowhere, uh, as I'm looking down the aisle, there's a corner there. And I see um, out of this corner, this head pops out of nowhere like this. I, I kid you not, this slow. And then moves back. I'm like, what does that mean? Does it, do I still get coffee? Like, what, what does that mean? It took another five minutes, you know, for her to come around the corner and Work, walk as slow as she possibly could down to the window. And this is what happened. She stopped, looked at me, turned like that, reached over and grabbed some sugars, stopped and said, do you take sugar? I'm like, no. <laughs> Put the sugar back, came back and handed me the coffee and said, I'm sorry about the weight. I'm like, hey, that's okay. No worries at all. And I was kind of drove up. I thought, man, this this." is going to be the best coffee I've ever had in my life because I waited so long for it. And I'm like, nope, it's not. <laughs> uh, shocking. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, sometimes we have to wait for things. You know, I was prepared to not have a coffee because that's just trivial stuff. But sometimes we're waiting for real things. We're waiting for God to move. Just like Martha and Mary have a request. Our brother's dying. You've got to come. 
And see, sometimes there's miracles we're believing God for. Sometimes there's breakthroughs that we're believing God for. And we're saying, God, why won't you move? What are you doing right now? I don't understand your timing. And sometimes we can be all sorts of different ways of thinking about this. And we can look at this and go, well, maybe you just don't care enough. Maybe Martha thought this a little bit. Man, maybe Jesus doesn't care. He's just doesn't care enough to just drop everything and come. Maybe that's what's going on with, with God right now. Or maybe it could be a reflection on yourself to look at yourself and go, well, well, maybe I have done something wrong. Maybe I've sinned. Maybe I'm out of position. Maybe something's wrong here and God's not hearing me. He's not listening to me. See, there's all sorts of things that run through our mind when it comes to our heart and our expectation for God to move. But God doesn't want us to think negative thoughts. He doesn't want us to get caught up on the problem and the situation and trying to lay blame on someone or something else or even blame on yourself when God just wants us to look to Him. He wants our eyes fixed on Him because it's all about our perspective. We're doing a series this month called In Light of Eternity. And that is all about our perspective. It's all about our view. Our, is our eyes just fixed on our own life and our own sphere and what's going on around us? Or do we have an eternal view? Do we have a sight that says, God, everything I'm doing right now echoes in eternity. It matters what I'm doing. Every step I'm taking, every word I speak, everything I'm doing is making an impact on today. But it's making an impact on eternity as well. See, God, to do that well, we've got to have our eyes on Jesus. See, years ago, you know, when Kate and I first got married, and uh, we were 14 years married this Wednesday, which is great, and, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, but, you know, for the first three years of our marriage, you know, we, we got to three years into marriage, and we, we wanted to start having kids. And, uh, and that was kind of a dream that we'd all both had for years. Oh, we're going to have kids, and it's going to be awesome. And, and we didn't realize when we started trying that it was going to take us three and a half years to, to actually fall pregnant. And, uh, and I've got to tell you, that was a fairly long journey when we were believing God. And I thought, you know what, nine months or ten months or whatever, you know, we're going to have this, this kid and it's going to be amazing. And, and, uh, but it did not happen the way we planned. And, and so what happened was is that, you know, there were all sorts of emotions, you know, a year, 18 months into this when we started to realize, man, we've got to get something sorted here. Uh, what's going on and we got everything right naturally and all those things but there was just something else spiritually that we had to get sorted and uh, just kept praying just kept seeking God but you know what in the midst of it what was kind of difficult was when we're trying to fall pregnant and we hear the reports of other people that get pregnant you know other people that are falling pregnant and it's like oh wow okay that's cool that's awesome and you know the the real test was in the waiting was how we were going to keep our heart, how we were going to keep our life positioned in God. See, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 5, that the pure of heart shall see God. The pure of heart. What that means is, is that the pure of heart shall get vision of God and what He's trying to do. They'll see God. They'll get a view of Him. And so what we, what we chose to do is to say, God, we, you know what? Every time we hear that someone's praying, we're just going to celebrate it. 
Because I wasn't, there was no problem. See, I was happy for everybody that, got, that, that was having a baby. But it would bring us back to God and say, God, you know, I believe again that, God, you're going to move and you're going to bring this miracle to our lives. And so what happened was is that we chose together to say every time we hear something like this, we're going to pray for them. Not in a patronizing way, but we're going to believe and celebrate them and pray for them for the best pregnancy. And you know what? What began to happen? It took one by one as we began to do this, God just did something incredible in our lives where we genuinely were celebrating other people's wins. Other people's victories in their lives. Even though it was a dream of our heart, we were still able to celebrate someone else. To celebrate their victories and their breakthroughs. See, sometimes God has got us on a journey because He's trying to do something in us at the same time as doing something through us. And in the midst of God doing something in us, what is He trying to teach us? What is He trying to show us in the midst of those things? And so what happened was, as we began to do this, we got vision for these other people. We prayed for them, and miracles were happening. And in the midst of that, we were able to see God move in our own lives. And when the time was right, because remember I said, breakthrough is God's timing. When that timing was right, it was like dominoes that lined up. We're in a meeting, and there's, you know, Kate is in a women's night, you know, down in Sydney in a women's night. And, uh, you know, Vicki Simpson is preaching there and just stops her message, points to Kate, and says, you've been believing for something for a long time, and you know this week God is going to cause this thing to break through in your life, and, and it will shift, and then everything else is going to fall like dominoes. And, uh, and that was it. Kate sat down. Boom. All these things began to line up. And what happened was is that uh, we, we had this specific, specific prayer that we prayed to break some uh, hereditary things that were go- had gone on in the past in Kate's grandparents, and we prayed a prayer to break that off our family line. And I got to tell you that we traced it back to the day after that we fell pregnant, that this thing took place, that God spiritually broke this open off our lives. And so what happened was is that we're speaking with our doctor, and uh, at, at you know, after this all happened, it was like six weeks later, we're celebrating, we're pregnant, this is awesome, how good is God? And, you know, the, the person we were seeing was a Christian as well. And, uh, and, and she looked at us and she said, you know what, I've got to tell you that this was Kate, your levels at this particular point in time, she said your, your, your levels went right up at this particular point as we were doing your tests. And she said these words, here's what the prophet said this, and the, the, the person we were seeing said this as well. She said, when that happens... Everything else falls like dominoes. The very same words. And, uh, and that was our miracle. We knew that God had come through for us. And uh, three children later, all growing up, God is a, he's an amazing God and all glory to Him. You know, and I've got to tell you tonight, when we wait for something, something sometimes, God is trying to set us up so that He can do a work in us because everything that God is doing in us is to help us on the journey of becoming more like Christ. Becoming more like Him. Can I tell you today, through that journey and many other journeys that we've gone through to wait for things, I know and I can look back and see, God, this is what you taught me there. This is what you taught us there so that we could change in ourselves to be more like Christ has called us to be. You know, this whole journey of life, when we're talking in light of eternity, it's all about us transforming from the inside out to be more like Jesus. Do you believe that tonight? That's what this is all about. And so I want to encourage us tonight. No matter what you're waiting for, 
No matter what's going on, you may be in a situation right now where you're believing. You could be believing for the same thing for pregnancy. You could be believing for a miracle in your body. You could be believing for a financial breakthrough or restoration of family. Whatever it may be, I want to tell you tonight that Jesus has miraculous power and he wants to move in your life. But God's timing is not our timing and we just have to trust when he's ready to move. I tell you what, the power is not only going to impact our lives, but there are ripple effects that impact everybody around us as well. And so we see in this picture that with, with you know, Martha and Mary, God was trying to set up the best ripple effect that not only affected their family, but all of Bethany, that that word could spread to Jerusalem as well. See, God is he's smart. You ever notice that? He's very smart. And he knows the perfect timing so that there can be the most people impacted when it comes to a testimony that gives him glory. Amen. That's why you should never hold a testimony to yourself. You should never, if God brings a miracle to your life, you should never hold and harbor that for yourself. That, your, that testimony is about glorifying God. It's about lifting up his name so that people can praise him. And so we should never hold that. If you get a miracle, then fill out a praise report. Fill it out. Put it in our, our, our blue spot. You know, do that. Celebrate. Let's, we want to celebrate with you when God brings a miracle to your life. See, tonight, when you get prayed for tonight and you get a miracle in your life, make sure you fill out a praise report because we want to celebrate those miracles in your life. Awesome. I love this scripture in Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. It says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? See, that is just saying, God, are you actually hearing my prayer right now? Are you listening? Are you kind of, is there a telecommunications issue? What's going on? And God's response to this is, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths will faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What God is saying here, hey, don't forget me. Don't forget me in the waiting. Don't misread the waiting right now. And don't misread what I am trying to do. When we look at this word in Hebrew that says wait in the scripture, it is the word quava. Everyone say quava. 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 Those who wait, those who quava on the Lord shall renew their strength. And this is what it means. It means to expect, to gather together, to look patiently. See, when we're waiting on the Lord, see, God is looking for us to kuava. He's looking for us to come to Him with faith and expectation. But I love what's added to that is to gather together. See, sometimes when you're waiting, the first thing that wants to happen if you haven't had your miracle is to pull back into isolation. Sometimes you want to draw away from community and God speaks to us and says, don't pull back, engage. Do the opposite to the way you feel. Come and bring your heart, gather in together and expect me to move because when you do that, you're positioned for a miracle. 
Because sometimes when we think wait, we can be on this side and thinking, oh, I'll just wait and see what happens. If God does it, He does it. If He doesn't, whatever. And, and i got to tell you, that's not quava. That is not quava. It, it could also be, oh man, God doesn't move in my life. He moves in other people's lives. He gives them miracles. I don't think He brings miracles into my life. That's not quava either. See, what quava is, is saying, Lord, no matter what's going on, I trust you. No matter what's happening, I believe you. My eyes are fixed on you. I'm not looking at the problem and the circumstances because I know when you're ready, not a matter of if, but when you're going to move. And I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep believing. And if you call me to fast, I'm going to fast. I'm going to keep positioning my life so that when you're ready to move, I'm going to be positioned exactly where you want to move. I'm not going to be Lord, disconnected or disengaged from where you want to move. I'm going to be exactly where you want me to be. Because my heart is in Quava. Those who Quava on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. How are we doing tonight, church? The second thing here is that Jesus brings life into dead places. Jesus brings life into dead places. Let's go back to the story in John 11, 23 and 27. So Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. How many can see right there? Martha suddenly got into Quava. Martha suddenly got into expectation. Martha suddenly got into a change. See, at the start of the conversation, she was like, Yeah, I, I know. You, the promise is that one, we'll all rise. We'll all rise in the resurrection at the end of time. That's, we know it. That, that's, a, that's a promise. That's great. But it doesn't help me right now. And God says, No. Look at me, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Look to me. Take your eyes off the problem. Take your eyes off the situation. Look at me right now. See, it's the same as what Isaiah was saying. Hey, have you not heard? Have you not known? I am God. I am the everlasting Father, the creator of the ends of the earth. This is what Jesus is doing with Martha right now. He said, look at me. I'm God. I'm the creator of the ends of the earth. Look to me right now. Death has no hold in this situation because I'm here. I'm here right now. And you've got to put your faith in me, Martha. You've got to put your trust in me right now because I can bring the miracle that you're seeking. And so tonight, I just love the fact that with, with all these situations and the miracles that she is looking for and what we are looking for in our lives, we've got to understand this, is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And I love in this moment, as he stops that moment and he looks over to the cave where, where Lazarus has been buried for four days and he says, roll that stone away. And they roll it away and he stands in front of them and says, Father, all this has happened so that these people could see your might and that you have called me and chosen me. Hey, what's God doing? He's saying, Lord, this is all because of your timing. This is all so that people could feel the ripple effects of your power and they could glorify you. 
So he calls out to Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus is wrapped up in a shroud. And then he wakes up. And then he hops out. And they unravel him. And he's risen. And see, the power here is this. Is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He was the resurrection and the life then. He is the resurrection and the life today. He's the resurrection and life in your world, in your situation, no matter what's going on in your world right now. See, I believe this is a word for 2018 for our church, is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And I believe that this year is going to be a year of the miraculous, a year of miracles, of the miraculous, where God is wanting to show His power. He's wanting to show His miraculous resurrection life in your world, in your family, in your business if you're a business owner, in your school, in your university degree, in your workplace, in your gym, in your family, your neighborhood, wherever you are, He is the resurrection and the life. And I believe in this, that what He wants to do, He's bringing life into dead places in our city. He's bringing life into dead places in our schools. He's bringing life into dead places into our university. He's bringing life into dead places into families and into homes and into workplaces. He's bringing resurrection life where there has been dead things and dead dreams and broken down relationships and broken down families and addictions and and, and pain and, and suffering in this life. He is bringing the life to those places. And i got to tell you tonight, that life is flowing through you and I. He's using us. Because He doesn't want to just do it, although He does that at times, but He wants to move through our lives. He wants to bring that resurrection life into our lives, into our families, into our world. But He is a God of the overflow. It's not just the God of the now or the God of the just enough. He is the God of more than enough. And He wants to flow through our lives and impact our world. You are in your workplace right now for a reason. You're there to bring resurrection life of Jesus Christ into that space. No matter where you are right now, no matter what you're doing right now, you need to know that you're there for a reason. Because one of our great values here at City Edge is that we are positioned to influence our world for Jesus and His kingdom. So wherever we are, we're bringing Jesus and His resurrection life into our world. Hey, if you go with that focus and you go with that spirit, you watch what God does. You watch how He changes environments. He can turn a toxic environment into a life-giving environment. He can shift it. It might take some months. might take some time. But you keep praying. You keep seeking God. You keep believing and investing and calling on God for that situation. You watch what God does through His life and His power. And He wants to flow through you, through our lives, and through our church. See, that resurrection life is bringing salvation to our city. It's bringing transformation to our city, to families, to people. It's bringing restoration. It's bringing deliverance for people, freedom for people. See, this world doesn't need less Jesus. It needs more Jesus. And that life of Jesus Christ, it's coming through us and our lives. I want to tell you, this year is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be our best year yet, because the best is always yet to come. But I know that this year, God's going to move in miracles in all of our lives. Are you ready for it, church? Ready for what God's going to do this year? And let's come with a heart of expectancy.
for what He's about to do through our lives. See, for some of us, it's going to mean saying yes. For some of us, it might mean that God's speaking to your heart about certain things. Speaking to your heart about maybe stepping up and beginning to serve or getting involved in a life group or beginning to, to, to do something that maybe you've held back on. But God's saying, hey, now is the time. Now is the time to engage. Now is the time to take those next steps. God may be calling you to things. He may be calling you to something in your workplace where you would step out more and and begin to show Jesus more in your workplace or that promotion that you've held back on because you were afraid of the influence or or, or you didn't think you could do it. Maybe God's brought that your way because He's going to empower you to do it. He's going to give you the power to be able to do that job well. And that influence is going to lead people closer to Jesus. Hey, what is God saying for 2018 in your life? Because I've got to tell you, anything that God is saying to our lives is always great. It's always powerful. It always means I've got to say yes, but I tell you what, it leads to great things. So good. But if we can all just close our eyes right now.